This is a View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 25th of February, 2020. My name is Patrick Smith. It was a week of three games for the Belfast Giants, but consistency is key. And the Giants, well, you can't knock their consistency because they've been 50% for most of the season. And it was 50% for this week. Three points from the six available against Guildford, Manchester and the Sheffield Steelers. We've got a lot to cover on this week's show. We'll be hearing from Matt Pellich and Curtis Leonard. We'll be having a chat with Kevin Rain about his new business venture. That's one you really want to tune into. Um, look at the games Excuse me, between Guildford, Manchester and Sheffield. Quick look around the league. Um, and we'll be looking ahead to the doubleheader against the Guildford Flames with a very special guest. Um, but first up, a man... He's already been on the radio today. This is a step down for him um, from from the heady heights of U105. The name on everyone's lips, Mr. David McJemsey. How are you? You slumming it with us now? Are you, doing, are you okay to that. slum it with us now? Mate, I've got to be quite honest. I've wanted to talk to Denise Watson for about 10 years, so if she calls me, I'm, I'm taking that call. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, <laughs> Ah, dear. Yes, we'll be talking about the Bleed Teal, actually, in a bit, because that's obviously one of the reasons, or sorry, the main reason why you were on talking to Denise. Uh, Mr. Simon Kitchen, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Looking forward. I was listening to to, uh, Come At Me, Davey Mitchum's earlier on, and, and, you know, I thought he did a great job. Um, You know, he he was thrown at the deep end, more or less, within minutes of of, uh, uh, Denise calling him, so... Um, and again, I thought he spoke very, very well, and obviously got AVFTB a better exposure. So all good. Man's a pro. Here, here, big shout out, but to Jim McConville for for getting that all set up. We appreciate any exposure we can get for the bleed tail. So, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. We we'll have a few people on the inside of media places now, and it was very good of Jim to to get that set up. And we all know we all know Davey's a pro when it comes to going on the radio. The Sheffield <laughs> Center yeah. <laughs> we're on pretty much every program apart from Nolan now. We're <laughs> yeah, Nolan's the one most, the one show that we refuse to go on now. <laughs> and of course, back on uh, the uh, Nolan ran with the uh, the ice hockey thing again on Wednesday on his TV show. Uh, dear, well, we're, listen, we're going to skip over that. We covered that in depth last week. Let's look at the week week's games gone by. A uh, Wednesday, the game against the Guildford Flames. A 5-1 victory for your Belfast Giants and uh, a victory that was predicted by Mr. Simon Kitchen as a reaction to what happened just uh, the the Sunday before in Nottingham. Goals for the Giants come from Hamilton Morgan, Garside, Pierce and an empty netter from Goodwin for the Flames, TJ Foster with their only goal. Owen, seven, sorry, Owen was nets 26 shots against Fullerton, 29 shots against. Your refs were Hogarth and Thompson. I'll start with you, Simon. Um, you were the one that said it, that there would be a reaction, and there was. Yeah, um, I, I thought we were going to get it. I watched Tuesday. It was a lot of intense in the, uh, in the practice, and, and you know it just sort of felt that I mean, we were in there a couple of weeks before and played really well. Uh, and it was it was good to see the, the boys pick up another victory and and to be, again be honest we you know obviously watched the game and um, watched the game back obviously and I, I thought we played really well I thought we were yeah. uh, in control for for the majority of the game I thought we uh, dominated at times as well and I mean we've talked about how good Guildford are on the power play and um, uh, we were disciplined I think that's the, probably the biggest part of the game itself um, yeah you certainly pick up a few penalties. 
uh, that don't, you know, you sort of, you, you don't really want to uh, pick up. And with, I think, I'm pretty sure we had six penalties to their three, uh, which always seems to be the case when, you know, uh, throughout with, with different referees. And, um, you know, you, when you get a penalty off the first face-off um, for holding the stick, you, you sit and thinking, oh, God, here we go. Uh, you know, they're getting three seconds in, they've got a power yep. play, and, and uh, you know, we, we did really well to tie, obviously, to, to keep them at bay. And, um, you know, going into the, the game itself, getting a the, the couple of early goals, they got a goal back to make it 2-1, and then it was all Belfast chance. But great to see Mark Garside and Lewis Hook and, uh, you know, Longer getting a lot of the ice time and, and being rewarded for their patience and, and and uh, their play over the last few weeks as well. I thought that they did really, really well. Gary, um, you know, got the got the third goal and more or less the insurance goal. But uh, Bobby Farnham uh, doing what he does throughout the game itself. And uh, Liam Reddick's again, you know, getting in there and, and, and obviously creating uh, the goal for, for Liam Morgan as well. So overall, really, it was, it was probably one of our better performances over the last couple of months. Um, and... Again, as I said, against a really good team, they're you know Travis Fullerton has had success against us this year. They've had the big goal lad. I think he had the night off as a fighters or feeders or something. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to Belgian. practice that for this weekend. Um, Belgian lad. But, what's that? He's Belgian, isn't he? Aye, is aye. Um, but you know they have a couple of good players in their lineup, and, and you know I, I thought we deserved the victory. I think that's the most important thing. We played really well. Uh, we. And, <laughs> We sort of competed for the as close to sixty minutes as 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 we have this season. Um, you know, I, I thought that coming into the last few minutes of the game, obviously getting two late goals, and um, yeah, I thought we deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. Davy, as Simon said, you know, a penalty in the first minute, a penalty in the last minute, three seconds for that first penalty against um, uh, against Hamilton. Uh, I was going to, I was thinking to myself, is that the earliest we've ever had a penalty? But I guess in the days of Sean McMorrow and the likes of that, off the opening face-off, you had fights. Yeah, you would have had. They were usually timed at one, two, three seconds. Yeah, yeah so um, certainly one of the quickest holding the stick penalties. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a big call for a ref to do that after three seconds. Say so that they can might give fresh ice power play opportunity, get their their top power play units straight into the game. Thankfully, we're able to see that off. We've seen off a big five on three sort of midway through the game as well, just coming up to the end of the second period, going in there with that lead intact was crucial. And then I think we're able to, I wouldn't say coast through the last period, but we were able to manage the puck very well in the last period and keep them to the outside. We were able to chip it out of our own zone well and just manage the Managed the ice surface really well. I think that, um, that that big boom from Gary from the blue line probably the highlight. And I think Simon's already said about Liam Reddick's, uh, you know, a helper, a helper on um, Liam Morgan's goal, and he was a big, big part of that Gary goal as well. So you know, good to see him getting involved. He's bit, I've seen him taking a bit of heat on Twitter there last week. Funnily enough, not from Belfast fans. Interestingly, um, why other fans are giving Liam Reddick's heat, I don't know. Um, but good to see him getting involved in, in a couple of goals on the night. I think Simon's absolutely right in what he said. It was a it was a pretty professional for you know best foot forward. We came out quick after we got that penalty kill out of the way. I think that gave us a little bit of confidence. We grew into the game, getting the early couple of goals. Okay, we dropped one back to two one in that first period, but getting those first two goals, we talk about leading and we lead well. And and I think coming out. After what had happened in Nottingham and we needed a bit of reaction and we needed a, a fast start and we'll come on to this weekend or this weekend past. Obviously, um, 
not getting that fast start in Manchester. You know, we talk, this has to be the way this team plays. It has to come out quick. I think, I can't remember whether it was somebody was on Twitter and they were talking either about Friday's game or the Guildford game. We have just got to go out and throw the kitchen sink at teams in the first 10 minutes of games and try and get that lead, establish our, our hockey, establish our brand um, on the game. We talked, uh, you know, in the, at the end of the show last week about the upcoming games and, you know, we, we reiterate the same things week on week about, I'm not really a massive fan of analysing the other team, even at this stage of the season. We know what we're going to come up against. Has to be, if the Belfast Giants can bring, you know, our, if you want to call, I still think Belfast Giants should be that blue call, go to work style hockey, you know, chip it in, go to work on the puck. And when we do that and we turn pucks over deep, get them back the points and get decent shots, get a little bit of traffic, then we'll come up with good goals. So, um, Pretty professional performance. I was pretty pleased, obviously, with the win. But coming off the back of the Nottingham Panthers game, I think it was a lot was to do with what the performance was like. And I think it's we certainly got a, a real good forty-five to fifty minutes. We we were able to draw back a wee bit in that last ten minutes and take it a wee bit easier. We didn't need to go for sixty. We'd done a lot of the hard work up to then. But I think it was a pretty consummate performance. Pretty pleasing. Yeah, a good win for you, Giants. I'm going to move it on, boys, because obviously we've got three games to talk about. And I'll move it on to Saturday's game. Oh, sorry, the highlights from the game of Wednesday are available on YouTube from Flames TV uh, Saturday. Um, over to Aldringham, to the Drizzle Dome, to take on the Manchester Storm for the final time this season. Um, not a great game from Belfast Giants' perspective. A good comeback, I suppose, but a 5-4 shootout loss for the Giants. Uh, the Storm goals, well, they got four without reply initially. Uh, Critchlow, Allen, Brace and Fawcett scored for them. Uh, before the Giants, Put them 4-0 ahead before the Giants started to respond in the, late in the second into the third. Hook, Goodwin, Lake and Bobby Farnham with a short-handed goal made it 4-4. Overtime couldn't separate the two teams and it was Melton with the shootout winner to give the Manchester Storm that extra point. Um, Shane Owen only lasted 21 minutes, four goals against nine shots. Uh, Murphy came in 43 minutes, 18 shots against no goals. Uh, Matt Ginn, 36 shots against across all 65 minutes. Uh, your refs were Sewell and Perring. Um, before we chat about it, let's hear the post-game reaction that we took from Adam Keefe. Following the, uh, following the shootout loss to the Manchester Storm, I'm joined by the head coach of the Belfast Giants, Adam Cave. Coach, um, a, a goal down in the first minute, four goals down, one minute into the second. You guys fight back to 4 4 and lose in overtime. Do you take this as a, a, character, as a, a character performance or just a loss? I think I take the third period as a character performance, uh, parts of the second period as well. Um, character comeback, I should say. It's one of the first ones of the year to a real pity we couldn't squeeze it out but in a shootout you know that's the way she goes we needed somebody to bear down there um you know those these things 50 50 in a shootout so didn't go our way but uh it's you can look at it both ways point gained and a point loss and um i thought we had too many passengers tonight to be honest with you uh it's, it's not good enough from a lot of guys. Um, that being said, we had a lot of great performance. I thought uh, Garside, Hook, really kick-started our offense and uh, were great all night. And it was nice to see uh, 
them get rewarded for their efforts because they're always guys that are uh, you know maybe getting short bench on the ice time but uh certainly today they kind of turned up in, in times when we were looking for them to for somebody to, to turn up and, and and get us back on the board and uh they certainly were that for us tonight Less than two minutes in that second period, you decide to, to push it on, put Stephen Murphy in, and Murphy did a good job. Yeah, he's been good uh, whenever called upon, so I'm not surprised by that. He's been good for us uh, this season and in the past as well. So it's nice to know we have a capable guy ready to go in um, when need be, and uh, he was there today. You, you're going into Sheffield tomorrow. Is it imperative you get that win? Yeah, they're, they're all imperative. I mean, tonight was imperative, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, a great character comeback, but a point lost uh, in a, a real tight race. Um, you know, now we need to go into a tough building in Sheffield and and just keep going. Uh, you got to keep picking up points. You never know what can happen in this league. And everybody from the top five on are all playing each other um, and down this stretch. So anything can happen here. We just need to we need to bounce back tomorrow with a full six. You know, it was something we spoke about here in the last handful of games at least is uh you need to be engaged for a full 60 in this playoff atmosphere type of games and tonight we weren't we were overwhelmed from the start they, i mean manchester got some lucky bounces as well uh, you know i can't uh i can't uh i guess say that we completely melted down they had some lucky stuff happen for them there in the first period um but we weren't ready for this atmosphere and the the building and just, I guess, how quick things happen and it turned around in the back of our net we're not in a hurry and we couldn't really gain composure back in the first period. And then when we did get a chance to score and, and calm the game down, we didn't take it. And um, that's how you seen the score get up to 4-0 there. And like I said, from that point on, it was a pretty good performance to, to get that comeback and, and get an ultimately get a point that, that uh, we thought was would have been out of grasp there after the first 30, 30 minutes or so. Thanks, Coach. No problem. I, I, I subdued Adam Keefe, as you can understand. Davey, I'll start with you. Um, it, it started badly in the first minute and it just didn't get any better until midway through the game. I've just spoken the Guilford section has, has spoke about, you know, we've got to go out and throw the kitchen sink at teams and try and establish ourselves in games, try and get that first goal because we've proven, and I know I bring some, you can't analyse, you can't be too analytical and say statistics aren't everything, but you know statistically we've now got a, a nice section of 50-odd games to compare, and if we don't get the first goal, we're in big trouble. Um, and you know we, we've an almost Lazarus-like recovery to, to bring it back to overtime and unfortunately not come away with a shootout win, but you know we've put ourselves massively behind the eight ball, you know, to concede those two goals in the first five, one in the first minute. You know, I think Matt Pallis has mentioned it on his his interview. Um, Kevin Ray and I think Keeper has as well. That little bit of puck luck that just seemed to go against us on Saturday night. He also, as Pally said himself, you make some luck sometimes. I just think on Saturday night, we didn't come out in that first period. There was a couple of the lines that got scored on. Maybe a bit easy. Shane Owen will probably want to look at a couple of them again. Some bad bounces, that's it. It's one of those, Paddy. You know, you were at it. And I says probably have a few comments as well. It's probably best. It's it's one of those, you know, watching the game at four 0 down. I shut it off, mate. I I told you something. Like, I've had enough yeah. of this for tonight. Went and watched it back on Sunday, obviously, and it, it was a bit of a video nasty that first twenty five minutes of the game. 
as I say, we, we, we did we did really well to come back. You know, I, I know Neil Coach Russell loves this bit where I go, oh, but shots, like we had nearly 80 shots. We did have a lot of possession. I don't know if that came across tangibly whenever you were at the game, but we, we rained a lot of shots in on Ginner. And, you know, quality, obviously not there. Traffic, maybe not there. Luck, not there with tips and stuff going wide, going high. You know, we've we've been snake bitten this season front of the net. That's been, you know, our major problem with consistency is, is finding the back of the net in a consistent fashion. But like I say, you were there, probably best place to talk about it. For my first of all, I want to say that it was the best probably one of the best Belfast Giants support that I've seen in Altrigham in many, many years. And a, a big shout to Bobby Bell and the guys who put the bus on. There was a, a hell of a lot of Giants fans there and they were making themselves heard regardless of the scoreline. It, uh, it, it was a proud moment to be a Giants fan considering how many people were there and how they didn't give up. In saying that, you know, in the, in, in the opening in the opening seconds of the game, we had pressure on goal and I thought, this looks good. And then all of a sudden we've conceded. I thought, oh, 52 seconds into the game. And then Pelic and Gagnon go at it and then they score from, they score 20 seconds after after that fight. You know, it just doesn't, things just don't seem to be falling our way. Manchester start playing Manchester's game. And Manchester's game is just bodies and sticks and getting in the way and, and being tight around Ginn. Ginn's a great goalkeeper. He really is a great goalkeeper. Uh, but he also is well helped by a, by a defence who just basically try to cut out all the angles. So anything he does see, he is able to save. And especially low down, if you're going to score on him, you really have, you most, I think most, if not all of our goals are scored high. And once we started to shoot high on him, then we were, you know, we were getting better chances. But anything that they were restricting, they were restricting the low, and he was just batting them away. And then they were catching us, you know, crowding us out, catching us, crowding us out, catching us, and and they go four nil up. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I stood at the back of um, stood at the back of the away block with the likes of uh, Andy Key and Jacko and Steeler Gav, who was having a right laugh, but <laughs> and you know Tamson and Cheryl and all these guys. And they, you know, my language was choice. Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. You know, Neil Whiteside was beside me, and my language wasn't the best considering the way we were playing. And I said, if we come back anywhere near in this game. We could end up winning it, and we started to come back. And to be fair, you know, Shane Owen didn't have a great game. Uh, the, the statistics prove that as well. He didn't have a great game. It was the right decision to take him out of the game at four uh, nil. Stephen Murphy comes in, and I think he has a blinder, an absolute blinder. I also think that D help him out a lot more, but I think he has a blinder. He does. He doesn't concede uh, for the remainder of that game, and we start to fight back. And I have to hand it to Bobby Farnham. I'm a big Bobby Farnham fan. And mm-hmm. that short-handed equaliser, when I near went through the roof. It was a, it was absolutely superb. We've pulled it back to 4-4. Overtime couldn't separate us, and it goes to a shootout. Ginn's just that good. I didn't think our, I didn't think our penalty shots were great. Um, uh, but but Ginn is good, and, and they take the extra point. Overall... Am I disappointed? Yeah, absolutely disappointed with the way that we played, disappointed with the defeat. But the people who I spoke to before the game, they'll tell you that I went in there quite with, you know, thinking that we were going to struggle in that game, thinking that we, we there was a high possibility we could lose the game, and we did. Um, Simon? Uh, everything you say, I, I agree with, Paddy. Um I don't think we're giving Manchester enough credit for the first period, though. Mm-hmm. You know, they played very well, and 
and they do what Manchester do. You, you've got to give them credit when you know when they when they basically you know you get three 0 up after the first period. They you know they 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 sort of suck a bit of pressure in in the first minute, and then go up the other end and score. Um, you know they get the incentive when you know the scrap between uh, Pelly and and uh, Gagnon, and and, and yeah, they get a bit of a buzz out of that as well. And and you know, I know we talked about um, uh, that you know Nolan last week, and you know talking about taking the fight out the game. I guarantee, and you couldn't see the crowd from where, where the, the the camera angle was there. I guarantee everybody's on their feet when when Pelly and, and Gagnon drop the gloves, and it gets people engaged. It gets the uh, you know can get the benches benches engaged as well and. And again, the storm played very well for twenty minutes. We did not do. I, I actually failed to, to see what we did right in the first period. Um, you know, it was very difficult to to get the legs going, and 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 then when we did get the legs going, and we come back with, uh, you know, the four goals. And as I say, Bobby Farnham's goal was excellent. Ben Lake's goal as well. Yeah. Unassisted. I thought you know, Laker was brilliant in that game. I thought Laker. I thought Laker throughout that game was superb. I th- honestly, I think Laker's one of the best players in the league. I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, he, he's, you know, he sort of flies under the radar because he does. He plays at every situation. Plays shorthanded. Plays in the power play. I don't know what his time on ice is, David. They'll be probably be able to tell us. Uh, but he's definitely up there. Um, you know, he takes face-offs. He he battles. He's, he'll get you know get stuck in the middle, in the middle of it. I I think Ben Lake's class act, absolute class act. But great to see Lewis getting on the score sheet again. You know him and Gary, you know, picking up a couple of points uh, over the weekend, and um, and, and the push down from from four nil down to get it back to to tie the game, to take it to overtime, and then take it to to this to shootout as well. I think that's something that we, you know, what we we haven't done an off off this season. You know, we Davies touched on it before. We go down, that's more or less game over. Um, and I know there's players and or sorry, I know there's fans that keep on looking back that saying that. You know, the guys aren't good enough this year. They, they just haven't clicked. You know, you've got to take your hat off sometimes and, and say well done to Manchester Storm or well done to Guildford Flames or it may be. Um, the bottom line is we just haven't been good consistently. That's it. You know, we we're, we talked about it last year about, you know, how, how the perfect storm and, and all the players that we had last year, we were spoiled for choice. We were, every time we, we were down, we just knew that we were going to come back. Um, and this year we just don't have that in our locker, just don't have it, and it's very disappointing. It's very frustrating, and I, I have no doubt that the boys are frustrated as well. But when when fans make the trip over to and numbers to Manchester, and then obviously travelling up to Sheffield as well, and not being allowed to bang their drums or carry flags in the arena, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll come know, to that. We'll, we'll come to that. Um, but uh, you know, it's great to come out with a point after being four 0 down after twenty. Two minutes, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, disappointing again. You know, our record against the Storm this year hasn't been too bad. And um, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's funny. It's like you're right. You four know, 0 down to pull it back to four four. But then when you take into account that you know Storm are fighting for their their playoff lives at the minute, and they're obviously going to be going up. Well, then we're trying to fight for a, to, to to remain in a title race. Uh, I you know it is hats off to the storm. There was a great crowd in there on 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 Saturday night, one of the biggest I've seen there, and and the Giants fans added the atmosphere. Um, but the, to be four 0 down, to fight back to four four and losing a shootout, it was an entertaining enough game in the end. I think just that lingering. 
that lingered the fact that you know we we weren't that great in the first period we were up against a, a, a storm team that were performing excellently and we were really struggling to find our way but um we had hoped that maybe the uh, it would get better the next night in Sheffield but uh, we'll talk about that. Well, before we talk about that, Storm TV, Simon Harris was your commentator. And uh, you can get those highlights from the Manchester Storm on YouTube. And we go on to Sunday. <sighs> the game against the Sheffield Steelers. Um, well, it was a, uh, well. The Sheffield Steelers top team of the Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a 4-1 defeat for your Belfast chance. The only goal for the Belfast chance coming from Goodwin, the opening goal of the game. And then two from DeLuca, one from Ben O'Connor and some lad named Conley with the fourth goal for the Steelers. Shane Owen shots on goal, uh, 27 shots against and uh, Thomas Duba, 29 shots against. Sewell and Perring once again travel across the Pennines with the Giants, the referee in this game. Back to you, says the Giants not at the races at all. I actually thought we started okay. Well, we got the opening um, goal, but after that, yeah, I, I mean, again, we talk about bounces. Their first goal's a yard offside. Yeah. Well, or- okay, maybe maybe a couple of feet, not a yard, but it's definitely offside. Yeah, it is. And Beresford, you know, Beresford's standing right there, and he doesn't call it. It's you know, and and that sort of they they get a bit of momentum, Connor, like because they scored so quickly after us getting the first goal and. You know, overall, yeah, you know, it wasn't a great performance. And um, but I actually thought at stages we did really well. You know, again, you're picking up the um, uh, the, the coming off the back of of two losses already in Sheffield. You know, we lost five 0 to them, and then we lost was it four one first four game one. and second game, um, and then another four one loss as well. And and against the Steelers this year, we're we're two and four. Uh, we'll beat them twice in Belfast, and and you know they're a good team. They're a really, really solid team. But it, it, we we just can't down keep on making the same excuses about you know playing against the Sheffield Steelers and the Panthers, the Cardiff Devils. We've been we've been poor against the top teams. We really have. You know, scoring. Uh, I'll take away the first game at home, which is six two. Um, you know, we just haven't scored enough. We haven't got the fire part, and it's and it's really disappointing because we do have, you know, on paper we've got the, we've got guys there that put the puck in the net throughout their career, um, but you know, for 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 what it's been against the the top teams in the league, the top three in the league, it's it's not good enough. It's really not good enough. Davey will have a stats there for the Nottingham games away. I think it's as I said. I think they've shut us out twice, and we've. Was the only got one goal on a six on three right at the end of the game um, yeah, against yeah. the Panthers, and it's been it's it's just been really really disappointing. Um, and again, the Steelers have do have been doing what they've been doing all season long. You know, they they get in front and they just work hard. To look at it's good speed for the second goal. Mullen pinches in the he's not getting coverage in the back end. Of, you know, for and he's not getting any help at the back end in fairness as well. The look at more or less on a breakaway from from his own blue line. Uh gets in past I think it was Hannah and and you know slots at home past Owen and and then you again Ben O'Connor gets the goal and, and as you say Connolly you know just wraps things up. But you know, four on four or sorry, five on five. We're we're you know we're we're doing okay. They get power play opportunities. And we've, we, you know, we've kept them out on the power play. I think it was 
five or six times as well. But our special teams, extra man, we had didn't we have a, a five on three for like a minute and forty seconds? Yeah, and we—I don't think we had a shot on target. You know, we just seemed lost with stuff like that, and that part is really, really disappointing. But as I say, Sheffield are sitting top of the league for a reason, and one of those reasons is, um, you know, they've they've, they've beat us four times this season already. Davey, as I said, I said, you know, power play wise, over the course of the three games, we had fourteen power plays and no return. Goals, mate. Uh, you know, goals have been the key. Simon talked there about Nottingham. You know, we scored one goal in our three away game. We've scored two goals in Sheffield. It's it's against a good offensive team like Sheffield. They've scored five four against us. One goal, two goals across three games is not going to win you points. And unfortunately, that's where if we're not able to shut teams down and play that like really defensive playoff style of hockey, you know, teams are starting to tighten up now and become harder to score against. We have to do that as well. And and unfortunately, when we let in one or two or three or four, you know, you're not. We know we're not going to get a return on that night. Unfortunately, we, we haven't had too many barn burners. You know, many four threes or five fours this season. And say that we had a four each obviously on Saturday, but uh, you know, unfortunately. Like these guys that are representing the Belfast Giants, they haven't become bad players or anything overnight. They just, I think Simon, you, you coined the term earlier on, they just haven't. These are still good hockey players, and for whatever reason, the, the looks, and they're getting plenty of looks. Our power play has been a funny one. Our power play has not been consistent in any shape or form. Um, you know, five on threes, uh, five on three against, we nearly caught one of the greatest five on three against goals you'll ever see. I think it's Armstrong comes down the ice. Lovely little toe drag through through a D man and puts it across the back stick and he puts it back across Owen. Don't know, I can't remember who it is. Davies. For a, was it Davies? And then they they trap us down in our own end of the ice and I think then Mullen gets tangled up. I think with um, Tanner Everly and it, it 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 gets blown up and they both go for two minutes. But while we're on the five on three, they had us pinned in our own zone. You know, we, 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 we talked about control breakout last week. Again, we're struggling to get that first step and, and get away, get that, you know, get the... Doug Christensen, go back to Doug Christensen's team. He didn't like the D-men to be the first people. That, we, we don't even have that ability at the minute. We, we have struggled to create offense from the blue line this season. I think um, me and Simon had a chat about it on the phone this afternoon about, you know, number, number of points, perhaps, if you want to call it that, from the blue line. And... And I, I'm going to rhyme off a few names here that me and Simon were talking about, and it's not to denigrate any of our existing Belfast Giants, but it's as a comparison. You know, through the years we've had the the Shane Johnsons, the Jeff Masons, the Mike Burgoynes, um, Spiro, Sandy, Josh Roach. You know, those guys that can carry the puck from blue line to blue line, set up a play, score a goal. Derek Walser, you know, these kind of guys. We don't have that in our team this year. We, we're we're built differently. You know, we're 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 quite a defensive team. I think that. Patrick Mullen, maybe Liney are those guys now that are kind of looked on to, to create that blue line offence. And I just don't think we've got enough of that this season. Good offence comes a lot of the time from from defence springing into attack. And uh, unfortunately, I, I think that's been one of our Achilles heels this season. Obviously, it's very critical to, to blame the defence and not scoring goals. So I'm not going to go there. Forwards haven't scored anywhere near enough. Our defense hasn't been good enough. Our, our, our sorry, our, our power play hasn't been good enough. So there's a whole lot of factors in the just why we haven't clicked. But I think Simon's probably hit the nail on the head. 
this team just never clicked. Good hockey players individually haven't clicked as a team. Says Brendan Conley is a player that mm. when he went to, you know over the last number of seasons, you know, you know he's the ability to score points, but it seems that Iron Fox has been able to calm him down when it comes to the penalty minutes. Do you know what? I, I was sitting looking at it the other day. I think he's given responsibility. You know, there's no doubt about Con's ability. Absolutely none whatsoever. You know, I, I, 90, was it 91 points when he was here, David, in the season? And then he went to Glasgow. You know, and I think at that time we talked about when he when he left for Glasgow, you know, I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think he had 10 teams in eight years. And now it's, if that's the case, then it's 12 teams in 10 years. You know, so it doesn't. You know, I mean, he doesn't really settle down, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he, he certainly looks like he's found a home in Sheffield. They know that they love him, and and Aaron Fox seems to be getting on with him. And and uh, as I say, I mean, players don't get a letter on their shirt unless they're showing a bit of leadership, and he must be doing that if, if that's the case. And you know, as I say, that there's no doubt about the ability that he has, and um, I really liked him as a player, and and. I thought he he played very well on on Sunday. You know he gets under your skin. And, you know Rob Dowd said on the uh, on the the webcast when he was doing the comedy in the first period. Um, you know he's the sort of player that you you love on your own team, but he's on somebody else's team. You absolutely hate his guts. He, you know he's a Daryl Lloyd type person, but with a wee bit of upside on the points uh, side of things as well. So, um, really good player. But uh, um, you know he plays for the Steelers now, so you know um, <laughs> on the ice we don't like him. But David, you you look at regular season wise with the Belfast Giants, you know, forty four games. He had one hundred and twenty four penalty minutes. He's played forty five games now for the Sheffield Steelers. Eighty six penalty minutes. He's not getting those misconducts in the same way that he was when he was with us, and maybe when he was with Glasgow. Um, he seems to be a little bit of more of a mature player. It's perhaps the players that are around him as well. Um, maybe a slightly different dynamic that he's hanging about with in Sheffield than perhaps he was hanging about with in Belfast. Um, I, I, do think, sure. I do think that part of, part of that is the A. When you're approaching a referee, as, sorry for jumping in, David, mm-hmm. but when you're approaching a referee without a letter, he can give you a penalty mm. very, yeah. very easily. But with the letter on your shirt, you're a reason to be in there. You're, you're your coach's representative when you're on the ice. So when you're going to approach a referee with a letter on your shirt, I think that's been a really smart move. By a shrewd Fox. move by Fox, then, knowing that he's yeah. a that he's a vocal player on the ice, and therefore to avoid the misconducts, give him a reason why he should be there. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think. And again, sorry for jumping in, Davey, when you're on a, a wee spieler. No, no problem. I don't really have very much more to say about him. You know, <laughs> I think he's possibly possibly matured a little bit from he was in Belfast. Yeah, the coach is maybe either shrewdly given that responsibility or he's actually earned that responsibility by by the actions that he's taken. He's still that chippy player and, and maybe that allows him to also vent off a bit of steam without uh, completely drawing the ire of the referees. But, you know, as you say, he doesn't play for us anymore. He was decent. He's a decent fellow off the ice. and uh, But, you know, he's a Sheffield Steeler. <laughs> With that win, the Sheffield Steelers uh, remain top just of the uh, of the Elite League standings. Uh, Four-point weekend for them. Highlights from Steelers TV. Uh, let's go down to training. Uh, Mr. Kitchen caught up with Curtis Leonard. But first, the captain, Matt Pellich. Uh, 
Pelly, uh, weekend again. It's, I only picked up the one point. Um, thanks for Curtis Hamlin for pointing that out. Man, I forgot about the one point. Uh, but a tough weekend. Obviously, getting into the Manchester, going the four goals down. Uh, but it showed a lot of character to get back into that game and, and obviously take that point. Uh, you know, we didn't start on time that game, and um, obviously we'll you know look back and that was a that was a big point to get, but that was also a big point to lose. Um, you got to give everyone credit for battling back, but. Um, we played 60 minutes, I think we would have came in with two points there. Uh, unfortunately, we showed up for 40. Um, and, you know, Sheffield the next night, that was that was a must-win game. And um, I thought we I thought we played all right, and we, we didn't come out with the result that we wanted to. Obviously, going down, the, the uh, you get the first goal in Sheffield, but they get the goal pretty much very soon after. Everybody can see it's way offside, apart from the linesman. Um, and, and little bounces like that just have me going our way and love, especially of late. Well, you know, you gotta earn your bounces, and you gotta, um, you know, if we're if we're doing things if we're doing things the right way, uh, a lot of times we're gonna get those bounces. So, uh, you know, blaming it on puck luck, I, I think that's the easy way out. I think you really gotta go out there, you gotta earn your bounces, you gotta earn those good breaks. This weekend, Guildford uh, back at home at the SSC Arena, going on a long home stand now. Uh, you must be looking forward to, to getting the, your own fans behind you at the, in Belfast. Yeah, this is huge. Obviously, I was. Uh, you know, a little while we we're on the road there, and we got a good home stand. I think we had seven games at home here, so um, you know this is huge. Uh, you, you know, you start running out of time to make points back, so we really need to capitalize on these games at home. Curtis Hamilton after practice Tuesday morning, just a light skate, um, tough weekend. Uh, obviously Manchester and and the uh, Sheffield Steelers, but no points. Uh, just a frustrating weekend over all together. Yeah, we did get the the one in match, I guess, but. Um, so you did. Yeah, my but, apologies. No, no, it's, it's all right. We, uh, you know, we had some lapses, but you know, overall effort was there. I thought, and we played decent. Just a couple lapses, and it cost you at this time of the year. And I don't think uh, we couldn't we couldn't uh, help out and get get many goals this weekend, which 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 hurt us too. Going down, obviously the stretch is only a uh, handful of games remaining. Uh, Sheffield Steelers and Cardiff Devils obviously in pole position, but the Giants have still got a key part to play uh, on the push. Yeah, I know it's you know the top spot is the is the big trophy you want, but you know getting into playoffs is important too. And and there's a lot of teams mixing it up right now. It's really tight, so every game matters, and we just kind of have to take take game by game and not worry about what everyone else is doing. Just worry about ourselves. Two tough games this weekend, uh, Guildford Flames. Uh, you've already had success about uh, against them, uh, obviously in in, in uh, Guildford the weekend before last, and uh, but they're a tough team to play against. Yeah, they're one of the teams in the mix. They're fast. They're skilled. And they can, they can score on you too. So we gotta, we gotta make sure we're ready to go for both games. And you know, it starts with the first one. But uh, you know, it's a big weekend for our team. And obviously, you know, coming down the, the last six weeks of the season, majority of your games are going to be at home. Uh, no travel. Is that going to be an advantage too? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's like seven games at home or something. Which is, you know, it seems like we haven't been at, consistently at our rank for a while. We've been traveling a lot, so. It'll be nice to get home and get settled back into the SSE and, you know, hopefully get our home fans behind us and get some wins. Right, let's have a quick look around the league. We'll start with Dops. Um, there's only one Dops determination in the last seven days, and that went to the Cardiff Devils' Stephen Dixon. Assessed two games for checking from behind against the Guildford Flames. Um, Davey, what do you think, first of all? Um, it's very curless. I think it's um, it's definitely worthy of supplementary discipline. I'm glad to see that Dops have found the password to their laptop again. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, 
That's yeah, it is what it is. It's a, it's a suspensable hit. I think it's it's definitely Curtis. He he knows. It's one of those you hope players don't think. Yeah, I don't know why he's done it in that position. Not a good, not a hockey play. It's not a clever play. He's cost his team in that situation. Um, it's a silly play, and he could have caused a lot of damage there. So it's supplementary discipline for sure. Simon. Yeah, absolutely agree. You know, Stephen Dixon's a very experienced player. You know, we we, we talked about him there a few minutes ago off um offline and, and he's one of the players in, that, that stands out for me in the elite league. But um I agree with David, you, you know, that's all day long. It's a suspension, to be honest. He's probably lucky he only got two. You know, if he'd been played for any other team in the league, he'd probably got four or five. <laughs> but uh but being with Cardiff Devils, you know, sort of restricted. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, Steelers have signed a new goalkeeper, uh, a guy called mm. Brodeur. Um, not a name that I'm aware of in regards to goalkeeping. Uh, Jeremy Brodeur is, of course, the son of Marty Brodeur, the former New Jersey Devil, uh, Hall of Fame goalkeeper. Uh, he's now been picked up by the Sheffield Steelers as a bit of a, a guy to step in to take the heat off Thomas Duba, who up until, till, I guess, the past weekend was uh, had let in something like twenty goals in the space of about four games, and then goes in and takes two wins against and win against the Panthers and win against the Giants. Uh, but Brodeur maybe looking to step into the lineup soon enough. Um, in regards to the Nottingham Panthers, they had two losses over the course of the weekend. Uh, two wins for Cardiff, one in overtime, and as I said, a four-point win for the Sheffield Steelers. Fife, on the other hand, well, they went into a packed barn in Dundee in a what was continued to be a bit of a, a fight to get into the playoffs, and they took the win in Dundee before then taking the win over Manchester at home. Um, both top and bottom says of this league is is getting tight. We looked at the. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, Pfeiffer. Let's be honest. They were out of the playoffs. They, you know, they didn't think they were going anywhere. Um, and then when you look at what they've done in the last couple of weeks, you know, they had a really strong performance there and lost out in the last minute. The five last week. Um, I think it was last Wednesday. Night. It was a game on Free Sports, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're they're starting to turn it, turn the, the uh, turn the screw for themselves. And and I've been impressed them the last few weeks. As I say, you know, they've they've picked up a couple of wins and. Uh, they beat Dundee there at the weekend, a four-point weekend for the five flyers. Um, they beat Sheffield the previous week. Uh, so, you know, it, it's certainly not over. And I think there's only there's only two or three points between them and Manchester in eighth place. So um, all these teams are battling for to make the, the last eight for the playoffs. And when you look at, you know, we've got to play the five flyers three times in the next three weeks. Yep. Um, okay, all at home. But uh, it's certainly not going to be easy. Uh, Davey, you know, we always like to give Pash a bit of love on the podcast, a packed barn in mm. Dundee, and, and that's a real testament to the work that he's doing there to try to, to, to strengthen that hockey club. But unfortunately, in front of that, you know, wasn't able to get the win against Fife. Yeah, I suppose uh, well, Pash has been the Jackie Moon up there. He's doing, I suppose he's got the, he'll have the microphone while he's doing the, the game night announcing, like old uh, Tim Coleman down in Cardiff there. But, uh, you know, it is it is getting tight there for that last playoff spot. I think Manchester probably have enough in them to, to get away from that situation, but it's hard to know. The clan up and down haven't really what are the eight or nine wins in thirty games, you know, do they do they have enough in the locker to get up? It's gonna be so tight and it's gonna you know, 
Belfast Giants are going to have a big say in, in what happens with the five flyers. Obviously, they're they've played three more games already than Dundee and are two points behind them. So they're they're going to struggle. I think they have only seven games left on the season. They would need to get a you know a lot of points to, to really get out of you. Like fourteen points left, forty eight. You know they already can't catch Guildford. So it's between. Uh, I think unfortunately the five flyers are probably going to miss out, and it's probably between for me the stars and the clan who takes that. Spot in the playoffs. Well, that's it, isn't it? Says because the clan are in real danger now. You know, this past week they had a home loss to the Nottingham Panthers, and then they were shut out at home by the Coventry Blaze. They've dropped like a stone. They can't. They they're unable to find form, and they are in real danger of missing out in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, they are, and again, you know, I, I still wouldn't discount the Manchester Storm in this. I really wouldn't. You know, they when you look at the run in, there's some teams have got a really really front end. I just had a glance at, at five there now and you know they the only time they, they've only got one game against the bottom five. The rest are against Coventry, Belfast, Sheffield and Cardiff. You know, so you know five are going to be up against it. Look at Dundee and you know I, I'm just trying to get on there here now to see who they play. Thank God they don't play us because they always play well against us. <laughs> but um you know look if we're being honest we'd all like to see Pash uh get into the playoffs again. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, we'll certainly like to see Dundee Stars uh, in there, but you know, I'm concentrating now on the Belfast Giants and who potentially who we might face in the playoffs. Um, and, and you know, you, you certainly want to get your home advantage because you know you don't want to travel two days. You, you want to travel once and and have a chance of getting a, a good crowd in. And obviously, on a Saturday night for for the Giants home game. But the game, the top and bottom party. The, the answer to your question when you came to me, it, it, it's far from over at both ends. Absolutely. Um, before we have a look at the league, we just want to send our condolences to the family and friends of Harris Hussein. Harris was a UK linesman and elite league prospect. He'd been in hospital battling hard against lymphomas caused by complications in his bone marrow transplant that he had last July. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away at the weekend. Uh, very sad. Very sad to hear of that, especially of a young prospect in uh, in refereeing and we talk about the officials all the time and how these officials are coming through it's very sad that we've we've lost one to uh, to that and uh, like I say our condolences to the family and friends of Harris Hussein um, let's have a look at the standings Sheffield Steelers are still top of your elite ice hockey league 46 games played 61 points but hot on their heels with three games in hand 43 games played, 60 points for the Cardiff Devils. Then it's the Nottingham Panthers, 44 games played, 55 points. We've played 45 games and we've got 55 points and we sit in fourth. Uh, Coventry Blaze, 53 points from 54 games in fifth. Guildford, 49 points from 44. And then we're down to that playoff battle that we spoke about. Manchester in seventh, 39 points. Glasgow in eighth, 37 points. And then just outside the playoffs, Dundee, 36 points. And the Fife Flyers in last place with 34 points. Take 22, this is Jason Taff Ellery. Listening to oh, <laughs> take twenty six. This is Jason Taff Ellery. Listen to a view from the bridge, the best podcast in the Elite League. We're delighted to be joined tonight by 
I guess the CEO of PBH. It's Kevin Rain. Hey there. I prefer founder. Rainer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rainer, um, why don't you start by telling us what this little venture is all about? Well, I mean, you know, of course I, you know, kind of just launched this video and, and kind of announced what I'm, I'm trying to do and let's, let's grow the game here in, in Northern Ireland. And, you know, as I said in the video, I've been here for three years now and I've, I've got to see a great love and passion for the game, but, uh, you know, see a bit of a disconnect between the love for watching the game and the love for playing the game. And I don't believe that there's a disconnect because people wouldn't love to play. I believe it's, there's not enough opportunity to play and to try the game and, and uh, believe that if, you know, I could extend, you know, an invitation to, you know, the people in youth of Belfast to, to potentially join me on the ice that, that they would then come out and join me. You know, there's so many um, steep upfront costs to, you know, getting on the ice. That of course, I'm very aware of that are, you know, the ice time rental and, and gear. And so if, if you're able to provide that and, you know, go to a, a kid and say, hey, you know, you, you want to come play you might say yeah you know i don't have gear or i've never done it before but it's like that's okay nobody else has either and i've got the gear for you i just think that that it could be really special for a lot of kids uh, you know to provide them the opportunity to to fall in love with the game the way the way i did and anybody that's ever played did and so um you know i just kind of started with a bit of an idea and, and uh taking my time with it and and uh, tried to fine-tune a few things, and, and then now at a point where I'm comfortable to, to tell people that uh, this is what I want to do, and, and this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that I take real seriously and, and something I'm really passionate about. Obviously, um, one of the big drawbacks, and you've mentioned it there yourself in your, in your start, that the, the lack of ice time and perhaps even the lack of facilities in Northern Ireland, you know, Robert Fitzpatrick's been, you know, passionately pursuing for a lot of years as a second ice pad somewhere. Um, at the minute, is this going to be something you see running out of the Donald, or is it something you see perhaps at the Odyssey? Or, or just tell us a little bit more about your vision. Right, exactly. And so that's that's part of the challenges that are faced. You know, currently, there's 52 hours of public skating offered at the Dundonald Ice Bowl every week. And so, you know, of course, a big part of my mission is to influence the council. Uh, how important and impactful this could be uh, and to see that they could reduce that to, I mean, really anything. They they kind of uh, hold the cards being the only ice pad on the island. And, um, you know, it's it's convincing them how, how meaningful this can be and, and how big of an impact it can be. And and uh, I, I do believe that if, if you reduce your public skating sessions from 52 down to 42, every week that, uh, you know, those public skaters will, will just, uh, not be so easily able to just kind of pop in. They might have to just plan their trip. I don't believe that they'll lose public skaters. I believe that, uh, those same public skaters will just find proper time to go do their public skate. All the while there's, uh, more first time players, uh, stepping on the ice there, uh, at the ice ball. Um, of course, the other side of that too is the SSC Arena, which is the second and, of course, one of two ice pads in all of Northern Ireland. And uh, I see that as great opportunity too. And uh, in uh, you know, of course, in uh, uh, presenting this, there's of course been conversations happening behind the scenes. That is me with you know, of course, uh, my teammates and my coaches and you know, Kiefer and 
Stewie and Taff and, you know, of course, leading up eventually to Thorts and then uh, Robert Fitzpatrick. And so, um, you know, the conversation being, you know, they're, they're, there's always talk about how there's not enough ice, but the truth is, is that when we practice on a Monday out of the SSC arena and we don't play until Friday, that means that we are the only people using the arena and we're out of there by 10 a.m., 11, 12, 12 o'clock noon. And so, you know, it's, there is ice available. It's just finding ways and exploring ways of um, allowing it to stay open, um, you know, for this purpose. I guess I can't ignore the one glaring thing about this. If, if Kevin Rain is planning a little scheme and perhaps potentially long-term scheme in Northern Ireland, we're thinking about uh, as Northern Ireland started to get its claws into you, starting to think about setting, putting a few roots down here. I think uh, I think we've both got a bit of a grip on each other, and uh, and yeah, you know, I'm uh, I like it here. I, I you know, I think uh, you know I. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be starting something uh, as big as I feel this could be if I didn't plan on staying. And so, uh, of course, that's uh, you know to be uh, spoken of with uh, you know my bosses as well. But um, you know, just again through the talks that we've had and and um, and uh, their encouragement uh, behind me finally coming to this point. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're looking at. I'm excited about it. Oh, I think that's brilliant news. Obviously, I think every Belfast Giants fan is going to tune into AVFTB tomorrow to to get that news, Kevin. And uh, and the initiative, <laughs> of, uh, you know, that you have cup coming and, and the the uh, the vision that you have sounds absolutely brilliant. It's one thing that's really been missing. I know, obviously, the Junior Giants um, are the uh, uh, the area that the, anybody of that age group can go along. But have you got a uh, one of the things that? that is my head is there an age group and what you're looking to to maybe try and teach the the game to or is or is it something that's open to everybody right well i mean in growing the game of course you know of course i want to extend the opportunity to everybody to play um and that's that's awesome i'm so excited to be able to have anybody out on the ice but if we truly want to grow the game we have to grow it from its grassroots and we have to offer programming to youth and to children who will then want to pursue the game and want to keep playing the game, uh, at which point then I have to adapt my, my services, uh, you know, from uh, targeting first-time hockey players who will then become hopefully full-time hockey players. And so what I look to do is to feed the junior giants and to bring new kids in and, you know, maybe you bring in uh, a couple groups over a weekend or you put on a full week camp or whatever it looks like. And, you know, I, I launched this thing a couple hours ago and, you know, my laptop battery's sitting at 16% and it was ready at a hundred. You know, it's, it's been overwhelming and amazing the response, but you know, what, what I look to do is to offer the opportunity to try the game to everybody and then further offer uh, the opportunity to learn and excel the game uh, to anybody that wishes to do so after the fact. And so that's where, you know, I'm able to then send those kids into the junior giants program. And then before you know it, hopefully, uh, you know, of course comes the growth of, you know, facilities and, um, you know, these, these kids not having to travel to Scotland every weekend, they'll be able to play, play here in Belfast uh, against each other. And, and, uh, you know, ultimately, um, minor hockey is born in Belfast and, and that's what I want to see. 
I remember talking to you um, earlier this season. Oh, sorry, that's apology. I remember listening to you talking uh, on the podcast earlier this season, uh, and you were talking about your uh, your time when you were doing a little bit of teaching as well. Is this is where is this part of of um, where your your passion for it has came from? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, big part of of me, uh, you know, doing this is is you know, we we. You know, as hockey players, we, we have long days, you know, and so I get to go home and, and it's like I, I get to be a totally different person. I get to walk the whole of the high school. I get to teach teach kids. I get to go home and I get to find out from my old minor hockey coaches, like, you know, who's the up-and-comers, who, who is the me of, you know, 10 years ago, that 15, 16-year-old kid that's, that's hungry and wants to pursue this dream. And, you know, I get to go home and I get to, uh, mentor these kids, whether it be in the gym. And then, you know, of course, as we spoke of on the previous podcast, uh, you know, in the classroom. And so, you know, kind of, uh, just inspired me to, you know, why can't I wrap it all up in one and why can't I, you know, why does it have to be seasonal? And so, you know, I think we have pretty high responsibilities, you know, hockey players and professional athletes to, you know, kind of pass the torch and, and to, uh, you know, influence youth the way that we were influenced by our idols and by the people that we looked up to. And so, um, you know, it's just kind of a full circle thing that, um, you know, I love hockey. I love helping people, you know, pursue their dreams. And I love, you know, offering any hand I can to to anyone that is looking to, to get better at the game or, or by other means. And so, this is just my, my chance to, you know, extend a, a greater invitation to try to, you know, impact more people and, and more kids. And, and uh, yeah, I could run around in circles, you know, for, for hours on it, but it's, I'm, I'm really excited to do it and, and really excited to, to be able to, to do it here. Rainer, obviously um, the locker room is a pretty tight place. This will be something that you've spoken to current teammates, past teammates, whatever about, you know, it's not something that you've, you've dreamt up just yesterday, you know, is, is this something that teammates will embrace? Or are you hoping that, um, sorry. Right yeah. Now, I mean, uh, so, so, I mean, of course, if, you know, just to, you know, a scenario being, you know, that I'm, I'm running a camp, well, you know, if I've got 20 kids in one session and I'm running three or four back-to-back sessions or, or whatever it looks like, we don't know how it will grow or how it won't. Um, you know, it's not, it's, it's an opportunity for my, my teammates to, to jump in and get involved in, and for anybody, you know, who is, is looking to get involved to, to help out with it. And so I, I believe that, you know, it's a perfect way for, you know, players here, you know, looking for, for a way to get involved, looking for something extra to do, um, you know, helping out. And I think it's, it's perfectly in line with, with what the, the giants, uh, you know, are looking to do in, in terms of, you know, growing the game and, and uh, being involved in the community. And um, it's, it's something that in conversations, as you said, you know, close their conversations, you know, I, I will look to, uh, uh, look for the like the assistance of my teammates and encourage them to do so, and I hope that uh, they will also be encouraged to do so. And so, uh, of course, you know, even myself going into these meetings, I, I make it very clear, very known that my priority number one is, uh, you know, playing for the Belfast Giants and my on ice role within the Belfast Giants. 
Uh, and, you know, of course, I also realized that I believe, uh, you know, the, the success on the ice directly influences the success with this as well. And so, again, that's just another full circle thing. Um, and so, you know, it, it is something that I hope um, it can be built, created with the help of, you know, teammates and, and anybody that, uh, um, you know, is looking to get involved. And then uh, something that, you know, eventually grows into something that requires more and more help. And then, you know, it's, like I said, next thing you know, it's minor hockey in, in, in Belfast. So, uh, of course, you got to keep, keep uh, the scope. Uh, small you can kind of get off on these branches uh, and you can kind of get dreaming a little bit um but you know the, the 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 main thing is that i just want to grow the game here and what that looks like and how that looks doesn't matter so long as kids are giving the opportunity to skate kevin i think it's it sounds absolutely fantastic um you know it, it's something that's been missing from the game, as I say, I know the junior giants do their best, and with the limited ice time as available, and and obviously having to travel across to Scotland for more or less every game um, is a real pain. You, you talked earlier about idols and and role models for yourself. Who who would you who was your idol when you were growing up? You know, uh, Chris Prongers from my hometown, um, and so of course him. Um, but even uh, you know, I, I recall memories of. Uh, you know, dried nice dogs to two junior A hockey team is the hometown hockey team at home. And I, I remember very specifically when those guys would come in and, and speak to us, whether it be as a class or in a, in a gym or, or whatever scale, but, you know, just in awe of these guys and, 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 you know, no matter what they said is, you know, I got, I'm wide eyed and I'm a sponge. They're my idols. I, whatever they say, I'll listen to, you know? And so I think there's, you know, Aside from hockey, there's there's so much, again, that I feel uh, professional athletes have the responsibility in, in, in sending messages and, and saying things. For example, you know, like your parents might tell you, hey, do your homework and hey, eat right and hey, get your sleep. And if mom and dad are saying it's like, OK, yeah, yeah, but then, you know, for example, these these guys coming to speak to me when, when I'm in elementary school and they're playing junior in my hometown, they, they start telling me the same thing. It, it kind of hits home in a different way. And so I think that, um, like I said, we, we have this responsibility to, to be role models and to influence youth in a positive way and to, you know, send messages regarding, you know, whether it be, working hard or teamwork or goal setting or, uh, you know, mental health, physical health, nutrition, like there's, there's so many things that, you know, I think that even, even we as adults, we, we hear all the time, but, um, you know, it, it might just take that one person to say something in a certain way for you to kind of think, wow, like, yeah, you know? And so, um, yeah, I guess getting back to the question, my idol is definitely being like Chris Pronger or, or the, the Dried Nice Dogs at home. Well, Rainer, um, it's only been been out for a few hours now, and it's already see the traction it's got on on Twitter and so forth. And you've said about your own batteries going blowing up, you know. So <laughs> it's something that we're really excited to watch how it goes here. But let's bring it back to the Belfast Giants on this coming weekend, obviously. 
a little inconsistent again last weekend. We go into the games with the Guildford Flames this weekend. Got to be front foot forward here and, and sort of a load of game sevens left for us. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you know, this weekend uh, didn't quite go the well, the way we wanted it to. But uh, looking back to our, 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 you know, game that we would like to emulate again this weekend is, again, the game that we played last Wednesday against Guildford, who we're playing twice this weekend. Um and so, uh, you know, of course, we, we've got the week to prepare. And, and uh, you know, I, going back to these, these games at the weekend, I, I don't fault their effort. If you guys watch the, the Manchester game, the bounces in this first period Manchester game were unlike any I've ever seen. There was a goal that, you know, went over always head and then hit the dasher back over the net and was batted out of the air. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's out of a movie. Um and then a couple of, uh, you know, time and place guys just pucks bouncing right landing on their stick in the slot. And so we found ourselves down in Manchester, but we were able to, to crawl back to, to gain that huge point. And, uh, you know, of course, we go into Sheffield after that. And um, they're, uh, they're a high-scoring team who found a way to do just that against us. So, um, you know, of course, bringing the same effort, but, uh, you know, being a little bit tighter in our execution and, and uh, getting the job done this weekend here at home. Well, listen, Rainer, we um, thank you very much for your time. Um, we we wish you all the best for this weekend, and of course, we wish you all the best with uh, personal best hockey at p best hockey on Twitter. Get along there and give them a follow, and uh, we look forward to seeing what comes off of that in the not too distant future. Awesome, guys! Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Big thanks. To Kevin Rain. And um, before we preview the weekend's games, I want to talk about Bleed Teal One Hundred. Mm-hmm. Had a look at the uh, at the spreadsheet today, and we have reached fifty donations, forty-one donors, fifty donations, and uh, and what, about five six weeks to go. Okay, yes, it is a mammoth task for us to reach that one hundred, but we're going all out now. We've got a. Uh, we have a target that we want to reach and whether we reach it or not, every single donation that goes to the uh, blood transfusion service is so important. David, you were on U105 with Denise, we talked about earlier today and we're starting in that, in that final run in with a few more initiatives. Yeah, look, there's only a number of weeks. Club are going to get back uh, for the, for the last push. We're going to have a few free tickets. If you give blood, your name will go in there, draw for a free ticket for, for the game. You've got your pint to pick up. Phone in a cab, William McCause and Simon, they're very generously given the £10. Yep. We've got the pictures from badly drawn EIHL available. The players are going to be there to sign them for you. We're hopefully going to be doing something very special in the night with Robert Fitzpatrick, which he's going to come on next week, hopefully, and preview for us. A bit of fundraising on the actual night. I think we're aiming for that that game against Fife on the, the 21st of March at the minute as I being the... So. Uh, has been the night. Um, so we need another 50 donations. It's doable. The country has like a million, you know, people in it or maybe more than that. I don't know the, the number of people that live in Northern Ireland. You don't That's even have to live in Northern Ireland. If you're listening to this podcast, one point, I wasn't far away there. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, no matter what team you support, we want your blood. Go to your local blood transfusion service station. Give your pint of blood. Let us know. We'll set you up with a drink should it be at the playoffs. Simon will make sure that happens. And um, your donation will go to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Centre, our service. Well, it, these, this blood is needed. It's used within three days. 50,000 donations a year in Northern Ireland alone. Like, we're, we're aiming for 100 donations. 
and people need it. And, and, you know, our Twitter's hot every day with people going, this is brilliant. Get out there. If you can give blood, give blood. If you can find somebody that'll do it for you in your name and, and drink the pint for them or get them along to that last Belfast Giants game, you know, it would be, it would make my year. Honestly, I, this was just something that I dreamed, dreamed up one night, talked to Smallsy about and, and kudos again to Laura for all the stuff she does for the Belfast yeah. Giants. You guys have, have helped make this happen. And like, I don't think it is a massive target to get 100 pints of blood across the season. We maybe haven't pushed it as hard as we could have, but you know we've got about four or five whatever weeks left. We've got to push it now and uh, help us do it. You would absolutely make my year if at the end of the season we could turn around and said we the, the bleed tail 100 was was completed. It would be absolutely fantastic, and and we rely on the on the people that listen to this podcast to to help us do that. So thank you so much for your help so far, and and help us get this pushed across the line, please. Here, here. Like I say, 50 donations. We've had 41 donors. There's been a few donors who've done it multiple times. They've gone back a few times, and that's great. If you can go back and do it again and add to our number, we're more than happy with that. In fact, there are two men leading the way at the minute, both with three donations. One of those is Andy Key, and the other, Mr. Simon Kitchen. Yeah, it's like, guys, I've been doing it for a while now. I've been, uh, when, I'm, when I'm possible, sometimes with um, I've got to take a few tablets for um, old injuries and stuff like that, and they don't really, um, you know, they, they they don't get in sync with the the blood um, donations, and you just can't give it. Even and even I've been before, and I had a toothache. And believe it or not, you're not allowed to give blood when you've got a toothache either. Really? Um, yeah, there's something to do with. Uh, I don't know. Not smart enough for that. But um, yeah, you're not you're not allowed to give blood if you've got a toothache, especially when you take a paracetamol. So it's uh, Davy's. You know, he's the big deal here. He's the one who's been on U one hundred five, making a bit of a name for himself, and and um, you know, trying to get everybody to jump on the bandwagon here, which is very, very important. You know, it, it, I don't, I, I, I'd, I'd be really disappointed if we don't hit a hundred, and that's being honest. Um, you know, I don't think it's for a lack of trying. You know, we talk about it every week in the podcast. And there's only so much you can do, um, but people need to get off their ass now and go and get it done. Um, you know, you get to the stage where there's only four or five weeks left. Uh, and you know, if it, if it, even if it's your friend and they go and get blood regularly, just tell them the hashtag is in, and we'll give them a ticket to come to a game. We'll get them a pint when they come to the game itself. For God's sake, I mean, you're going to have a free night, um, you know, and, and just get it done. Here, here. I say, get yourself down there, take a photograph at AVFTB hashtag Bleedteal100. Your name will go on the list. Uh, you'll get a you'll get a pint or a drink on the night and a ten pounds kindly donated by Phonacab to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service. So get help us out on this. We're really pushing for that bleed teal one hundred and we'll keep you updated how we get on. Let's look ahead, boys, to this weekend's games. Two games against the Guildford Flames Friday and Saturday night at 7pm. You get tickets for those or join us on Belfast Giants TV with Mr. Kitchen. Now, normally, we like to talk about these amongst ourselves and Davey tells us about how much he hates this part of the show, but not this week. <laughs> this week, we farmed it out and we decided to put in somebody very special. Sarah Lynch is uh, the daughter of a good friend of ours and she's become really interested in the Belfast Giants and she gives us her take on how we're going to be getting on against the Guildford Flames this weekend. So, Sarah, how difficult uh, will the games be against Guildford this weekend and why? I think the games against Guildford this weekend, it'll be a bit 
unpredictable, but um, given our last few results against them, uh, there may be a little bit of a chance of a win. Um, as the last four times, as the four times we've played them this season, they've won one of the four games and we've won three. They've been kind of close games with a few goals in it. Uh, so I have a feeling it's going to be a tight game this weekend. Games. Given how uh, inconsistent we've been this season, we could win either game, we could lose either game. However, we have had a good home record this season, so I do have a little bit of confidence for us bouncing back after that difficult weekend. What players do you think will stand out this weekend for the Giants? Uh, the players that I think would stand out this weekend, um, I'd probably have to say uh, Bobby, Bobby Farnham. Uh, he's been a wrecking ball all season and I I wouldn't be surprised if he continues that streak the rest of the season, including these next couple of games. And also um, David Goodwin. He In the last two games, he scored goals in both games. Uh, so I hope he continues this uh, that scoring streak this weekend and hopefully improves on it. Seven home games in a row. Can the Giants get back into contention? I have points written. So given our good home record... Um, we're probably more confident at home, so uh, we might do better at home. If we can get a good win streak, then we can get even more confident and we might be in with a shot. Um, however, we do need some other teams to lose. Um, namely, Sheffield, Cardiff and Nottingham. Um, talking about Nottingham... Um, we have a double header against them uh, in this seven home game streak. So that's going to be a big weekend because we're on equal points in the league. Uh, so if we can take those two games from them, then um, even if they have a game on hand, yeah, a game in hand against us, then there'll be less of a chance of them beating us if we can get those two wins. We're also against Fife in the next seven games. Um, and in our last three league games against them, we've won two and they've won one, so it's kind of unpredictable as to whether we'd win or Fife would win. Um, but going back to what I said at the start, um, the Giants are probably more confident at home, so I have a feeling we we'll probably be able to get back into contention if we can get a good win streak going. Who for the Flames is going to be difficult to face? Definitely the top three goal scorers, Dunbar, Reddick and Foster, will need to shut them down. This weekend, we have two games to extinguish the Flames, so we better take those chances. Big thanks to Sarah. Uh, as I say, Friday and Saturday, both games at 7pm. Get your tickets for those. If you can't get down there, Belfast Giants, TV. You all right with that, David? Paddy, Paddy, I've got to say, I'm going to take, I'm <laughs> going to have to take some medicine here and say, like, you know, I might have to get back involved in the, uh, the previewing <laughs> or, or my job is at stake here because was not absolutely fantastic. A lot of research went in. So, so well, thank you. I, I know we've asked a number of weeks and it's it's been a few weeks before she was able to have the time to do it. But, you know, 
very articulate for for her age and somebody that's really starting to you know see you can see in the pictures that Sarah puts in her Twitter and all of how much she loves this club and of course her mum and dad have brought her up very well and uh, they've been a big part of the Belfast Giants for over 20 years now as well so it's uh, the Lynch family name will uh, always be involved with the Belfast Giants for as long as there's a club there and it's great to see the kids coming up through and putting us old timers in our place mate. Here, here, mate. Here, here. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. So, yes, a big thank you to Sarah. Um, any other business, gents? Can I just actually start? What the, the drums in Sheffield and the flags in Sheffield? Obviously, some Giants fans were told they weren't allowed to wave flags. They weren't allowed to beat drums. Could somebody like? I know. I don't think you're that against it, Davey. Are you? Are you quite like that aspect of it. No drums, no flags. They should have the orange colour taken off them. I'm disgusted. Oh, no, I thought you meant, I thought you were quite happy with the wave teams being restricted. No? I, but not... not. <laughs> There's a little sectarian joke with me there, Paddy. I know, I know, I know you, mate. I'm just, I'm breezing past it. I'm breezing past it. Um, I, am I okay with, am I okay with the wave teams being stunted? Not really. Even though, it, you, no, I'm not really cool with I think you should like to make noise as you can. You're there to, you know, you're away. How many people are we talking here? You know, does an away team, generally we bring maybe 100 people. You know, it wasn't like we had thousands there. So that's a nail nonsense. It's getting them my nerves. I think getting old. You look, you look at what you look at the um, the Drizzle Dome on Saturday night. If it wasn't for the Belfast Giants making noise, the place would have been silent. But I think that, you know, the, the, the amount of atmosphere that you can generate as an away fan often tries to uh, causes the home fans to fire themselves up a bit more. So therefore, you have mm. that combative nature between the two sets of tribal fans creating an atmosphere. You restrict one side of that. Then you just says restricting the whole arena. It's a load of bar. <laughs> Have to try and bleep out one out. Biggest load of nonsense. I mean, you're trying to take an atmosphere out of an arena for a hockey match. It's just ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, the people that were there were saying the Sheffield Steelers fans were pretty quiet until literally the last minute when they were running four one. The usual. Um, yeah, it's standard, but I, I just think it's an absolute joke. Um, you know, yeah, I remember Cardiff Devils. Whatever happened to Cardiff Devils in that um, block 64 or whatever it was? Yeah, who knows? The, but no, the ones, that, still, the ones know, that invented I, standing? It's, it's been all over Twitter this week, and it's Sheffield Steelers fans sticking up for the club stance saying, yeah, you know, d- drum banging is monotonous and it spoils the game and all this kind of stuff. So, like... <laughs> Proper, what I would class as like proper Sheffield fans. I don't get it. I, I embrace going to away games and trying yeah. to create a bit of an atmosphere for our team because it's difficult enough to go to a away team and to have a few Belfast Giants fans in the crowd trying to spur your team on. And we embrace when other teams come and try and bring an atmosphere. We embrace that in the SSA or the Odyssey. You know, it's 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 just crazy. My favorite part. I've mentioned it a few times on the on the webcast. Yeah. Um, you know, I always try and, and say, you know, hello to and thanks very much for coming to all the um, the away fans. Well, it doesn't make a difference. Thanks to for turning up. Ah, well, sometimes you want to send them away with that message in their ears, but <laughs> you know, it, it's it's important to get away fans. You need an atmosphere at a hockey match. I mean, have, have you ever seen a better atmosphere at the SSC Arena than when the Augsburg came in three weeks ago? No. Or, sorry, in, in September. Or, I mean, we- guys. I, I was that was the first match in a long time that I've actually sort of got to watch 
um, because I wasn't uh, on Jan's TV. It was on Free Sports that night. And the noise was incredible. Mm. I mean, David, you were there, you were there for that game, weren't you? I, I, actually, I where there. I was standing doing the stats with the with the CHL crew with Stevie and... But I'm talking about after the game, we were standing in the tunnel. Yes, yeah, so they, yeah, they were still going. But, dur- but during the game, I was standing like six feet from them. That's where our, our sort of stats point was on the night. It was yeah. incredible. But what what I mean is, after the game, we were. I'm pretty sure you were standing beside. Yeah, you were I was doing, with you. Yeah. The interviews after the game, and um, the the uh, uh, Augsburg players come back out onto the ice when ever all the Jazz fans had gone. Yeah, and the Augsburg fans were still singing. And this is, you know, this is probably half an hour to forty minutes least, after, yeah. after the final whistle, off final horn, and they're standing out there giving it stacks. Could you imagine that happening, Sheffield Arena? Not a chance, yeah. um, you know. And and hopefully, you know, if, if they get to play in the CHL next year, or um, you know, if they get the uh, whether it be the Continental Cup, whatever it be, be it for for the Steelers next season, um, you know, for for them to stop that type of atmosphere with those passionate fans coming in here is a bloody disgrace. <laughs> They'll struggle. I don't think they would. I don't think they would do it in the CHL. No, they would They'd struggle. They'd struggle. To, even if they tried, they'd struggle because the the type of German fans or Czech fans or whoever come in, they just pay no attention and they just do it anyway because that's you know the culture is is that's what they have in the sport. And if you go if you go to Augsburg, if you go to Berlin, if you go to where these games in Eastern Europe, you know that's the sort of thing that you have. You have drums, you have flags, you have dare I said atmosphere. So if you go to tell me this, when when the Steelers fans came to Belfast for the double header, did they make any noise? Did they bring drums? Did they do bring flags? Didn't bring any. I don't think it, I don't think the Steelers have brought drums. The only ones I've, I've heard bringing drums was uh, Glasgow. Um, I don't even think Cardiff brought drums. They just make a nod. I mean, in fairness, now you know I know uh, Garant Williams or Walter. Sorry, puts in a, a lot of effort to get the the seats and all the gallery for the Cardiff fans, and they make a lot of noise. But I mean, the the, the Glasgow clan fans that come in. Uh, around about Christmas time were, were brilliant and I mean brilliant um, they never shut up the whole time and that was just after I think told. that was just after the the, the incident in Glasgow and uh, Sheffield when they were told happened, yep. that you had to go upstairs or they had to you know, move away from where they were because they were making too much noise um, and I remember saying it on Jan's TV you know uh, fantastic effort and I also said to um, Zach uh, Fitzgerald after the game in the interview he must be pleased the way that the uh, the fans made the noise tonight. He's you know again he's a big advocate of, of the the clan fans, of course. But um, I, I it's I, I think it's an absolute disgrace to be honest. I think the last word I'm going to give on it is Delisha Duncan, who on Twitter made uh, a great photograph of her pointing to the sign saying "Welcome to the House of Steel," and then pointed out that they weren't allowed to wave their flag, and they were told it was because the flagpole was made of steel. Um, <laughs> any other business, gents? I don't have anything tonight, man. No, nope. David. No, um, the only the only thing um, as a little shout out to Ethan. He has visitors over that he met when he was in Washington, uh-huh. and those people are now uh- coming to Northern Ireland to visit the McLeans, and they're getting Alexander the Ovechkin, to... is it? <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't it? Seeing we'll be getting a seven. Yeah, week and uh, the boys in Chicklets going absolutely mental about it. So uh, it uh, it's, a, it's a lovely opportunity for. Uh, the Northern people to uh, host a family from the States and uh, so if you're listening and you're going to the game this weekend 
say hello to them, shout extra loud, make the SSE, the Odyssey, a, a good place for them to watch hockey this weekend. Yeah, it was a, a, absolutely brilliant to, to have people that come over and visit Ethan and uh, superb. And you mentioned there about Ovechkin getting his seven hundred and being the big, being the big story. Up until David Ayers took the net for the Carolina Hurricanes and one of the best hockey stories of the week. Uh, some of the videos um, of that were brilliant. Yeah, not just the week, mate. That's just unbelievable. I watched that game live. Yeah, me um, too. On Saturday night, you know, I was sitting watching it. I mean, the hit on, from Kai Clifford on on uh, Morazic. What is Morazic doing out there in the first place? <laughs> you know, but uh, he's obviously, I would say, he's probably suffering from a bit of a sore head or concussion for the next uh, while as well. But, you know, for him to come in and, and concede in his first shot, um, you know, got another one in the second period. You're sitting thinking the Leafs are going to come out in the third and, and horse a life out of them. But um, fair play to him. You know, the the Carolina Hurricanes played really well in the third. The Leafs just didn't turn up. Uh, but what a story. I mean, that's just absolutely incredible. 42 years of age. Yep. You know what? I was thinking about, you know, just getting, you know, sending a message to Kiefer on Sunday morning, telling him, hey, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s here, mate, so just give me a shout <laughs> if you need me. But uh, it's absolutely insane. It's, it's fantastic. And I just noticed there on the NHL, uh, Twitter that he's arrived in Carolina for tonight's game. He's the he's a special guest. The um, the uh, uh, the Carolina good. Hurricanes have invited him down. Uh, <laughs> but, but on top of that, they've actually started to sell shirts because he was a liver transplant. He had a liver yeah. transplant. Yeah. In, I think it was two thousand and four. Um, so you know, he, he you know he's he's had, had that obviously obviously happened in his life, and um, and they're making a donation for every t shirt that they sell. They're making a donation to um, the transplant, or I think I'm pretty sure it's liver transplant um, uh, uh, charity out in, in the states as well. So absolutely fantastic! It's a, he's, Isn't it? It, it's it's a great great story, and uh, he name checked Sheldon Keith twice or three times, maybe in his interview. Said Sheldon when he's at the Marlies used to always make sure he got on the ice, and since he's went to the Leafs, he's done exactly the same. He makes sure he gets his time on ice, you know, when he when at training or whatever, he's running drills and staying on the ice afterwards for the boys. So it's a nice wee connection. To, uh, I'll claim that as a, a connection to Belfast anyway with this story. Um but that superb story. Superb. Sure. Did you see what did you see what was happening Sunday morning? Go on. He was trailing with the Leafs. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He was skating with the Leafs on the sun that morning after that game, he was out on the ice with the, the Leafs who didn't play the night before. <laughs> It was yeah. in, it was interesting that the first goal that he conceded from Boston Matthews, he he was saying you know he he, he knows Matthews' tendencies and he 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 had set himself for the high shot and he says he's obviously just he's he's put it all the way on the ice and completely he just gave me the eyes like he's done me he says he expected that you know he's been training with him that long that he expected that he could just uh, just pick it out there with his glove he's a bit nervous for the first couple of shots but uh, he really settled into the game well but the Canes did. Get a defensive number in front of him as well. Absolutely, I think EA Sports must have his number now. That's the front of NHL twenty one. Is David <laughs> with his hands in the air? At forty two, he is the oldest player in the NHL to gain a win on debut. Uh, and some of the videos of like the celebrations in the locker room and stuff like that have been absolutely superb. He's been on with Stephen Colbert in the last couple of days. Become a real celebrity on the back of what was a fantastic win at the. I was about to say the Air Canada Centre. It's not the Air Canada Centre. It's the Scotiabank Arena now, isn't it? Uh, um, yeah, brilliant for him. Uh, I think that's us, boys. Um, oh, last, last one. On. Happy birthday. 
Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Slapshot. 43 years it old is, today. yeah. Yeah. You know. Sh- Sean Rourke yeah. put on this morning it was 53 years I was like that's not right 77 yeah, just, just a final word on David Ayers yes he did it on the 40th anniversary of Miracle did yeah. he yep yeah. 40th anniversary on Saturday night brilliant there you go okay, and on that note, right, let's wrap things up. A big thank you to Kevin Rain, Matt Pellich, Curtis Leonard, and of course to Sarah Lynch. Um, the games uh, this weekend against the Guildford Flames, Friday and Saturday night at 7pm. Tickets are available. Get yourself down there. And if you can't get down there, Belfast Jans TV with our own Mr. Simon Kitchen. He'll take you through both of those games. Um you can get us at, at AVFTB on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud. You can get us uh, on kingdomofthegiants.com. And, of course, you can download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Cool App, and much, much more. Uh, thank you, Mr. Majimsey, and thank you, Mr. Kitchen. You're welcome. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Enjoy that. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Yeah.